What's up? This is Matt Franco. And this is Eric Dittleman. Welcome to Mind Over Magic. Wow, 100 episodes, Matt. Here we are. It it took us 100. You sound great in my ears today. Normally, it's like loud, and I have to put everything really quiet. We finally got it down. I don't know what you did different today. I think it's just going to be a fluke that this happened, (laughs) because after 100 episodes, we've still decided we have no clue what we're doing, and we're so happy that people are still sticking with us, even though we're still figuring out this whole podcasting thing you'd think after 100 episodes we'd know what we're doing by now but just i think we do i mean we have an idea but it's still we're still rough around the edges it's all right we're doing the best we can i i is it rough i thought i thought it was going pretty smooth (laughs) no i mean and that's not even a magic reference i mean in terms of uh you know i'm sure there's like audio files that can still have uh notes and things that we can adjust but it's never been about the production element it's about our conversation you yeah you and me and that what do you think this is a vegas show where yeah the production value means a lot no this is a podcast no this is clearly not a vegas show (laughs) (laughs) well or is it it's it's 50 percent a vegas show 50 percent a new york show and can be heard from anywhere in the world thank you for being here with us big announcement today am i right yeah 100 episodes uh we're just a man uh, that is a landmark i can't believe no but there's an announcement to coincide with it yeah, we figured now is the time finally to announce. Um, well, we had people wondering, writing in, and they were wondering how they can support the show. And you uh, asked for it, we heard you. Yeah, I mean the best way to support the show still is just word of mouth <laughs> by telling people uh, to come and listen to us. Uh, if you're having a good time, we'd love you to share it with a friend uh, and and get them on board as a listener. But we are announcing we're launching a Patreon. Yay, our Patreon account. You seem excited, right. Matt. I I I am. Yeah. I am. Well, you you had you had been wanting to do this for quite some time. Yeah, and just figuring out a um a, the best way to do it. Now we're still learning, so bear with us as we're launching this. I'm sure there will be tweaks and things as we go, but if you want to check it out, uh you can go to patreon.com/mindovermagicpodcast. Uh, that's Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Mind Over Magic Podcast. We'll put a link in the show notes as well. But if uh, you want to support the show with some of that, um, you know, sweet extra change you might have in your pockets, um, you know, you can think of it as like buying us like a coffee, you know, for um, if you're if you're having a good time and enjoying us. But the, we have different tiers and different levels. Do you want to go over I, that? I think of it. You can think of it as anything you want. You yeah. know, I I I can un- I can relate to people wanting us to have a Patreon because, mm-hmm. you know, for example, I talked about a YouTube channel. Uh, I talked about Scammer Payback and I and I am so proud to say I joined the force. Oh, you know? okay. Yeah. I, I and and I know you've done the same with different Patreons yep. and things mm-hmm. and and it and it does feel good. And it's funny because um we put like one of our tiers where it's where it's basically just like you get to brag to your friends that you're supporting the podcast, right? Like a lower yeah. tier. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah. but that's great. And I actually do brag about supporting joining the force, even though a lot of times people have no idea what I'm talking about. I'll just make references to it. And I enjoy that. 
Absolutely. That is, uh, that's exactly what we're trying to do is, uh, we're, we're offering some cool benefits. We have three different tiers. If you do want to, uh, become a member again, no pressure. We understand times are tight and money can be tight for people. So don't feel like you're obligated to support the show. You're still going to get this show as is, uh, every week. Uh, it's still a hundred percent free, hundred percent free. But if you do want to support, we definitely uh, appreciate you if you can and are able to. But uh, our lowest tier, uh, I, we, these titles might change, but that is our funky listener tier, Matt. <laughs> so for uh, two dollars a month, you can brag to your friends you support the show. You can have access to any posts we do that are exclusively exclusive on Patreon. So we'll probably be posting more behind the scenes kind of pictures and maybe even clips of us before we go live um, for our recording uh, where we usually just banter a bit. And also, if we ever do add ads to the uh, this podcast you're listening to right now, uh, Patreon members at that tier will also just get uh, an RSS feed that will be ad-free in the future. And eventually, we'll have a merch store, and we can give a discount to the merch store, too. So uh, some of that is still in progress of being made, but, uh, but I think that's, uh, you know, for two bucks a month, if you're having a good time, why not, right? Yes, sir. Uh, you want me to just go to the other two tiers real quick and then we'll move on to the, uh, I don't want this whole episode just to be a plug for the Patreon. <laughs> it's not, it's not yeah. just a plug. It, it's, you mm-hmm. know, it's something we put time and effort mm-hmm. into and mm-hmm. thought about. And, uh, yeah, I would, I would, I would hope people want to hear about that at least. Absolutely. So part of the creative process, if you will. Right. Right. Uh, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Tr- figuring out how to be an entrepreneur. Yeah. We could tie this all back into figuring out of <laughs> how to make it into showbiz and how to support yourself in different revenue streams and so forth like that. Yeah, But this isn't even about, this is right. just a way for people to be, be able mm-hmm. to engage with it. This isn't something we've ever done for the money. Clearly we've done a hundred right. episodes already. Yeah. Um, but you know, People have expressed wanting to be more a part of this. So this right. is one way that we've figured out to be able to do that. So Absolutely. So the next tier is the diddle me this tier. Uh, and you can do $5 a month. And uh, that one includes everything from the previous tier. But you also get access to a video vault, which we're kind of compiling right now, uh, where you can see all of our television appearances are eventually going to go in there. So it's all in one spot. So if you're a huge fan of uh, Eric Dittleman's TV spots, as well as Matt's TV spots, and all the different talk shows you've done, or as many as you can still find that you have copies of. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, because they are just kind of elusive and all over the internet right now. I don't even have the one from one week ago. We talked about it. We're like, oh, yeah, the Nick Cannon show. We're going to post a link. Boom. Scrubbed from the internet. Amazing. It is yeah, gone. The whole it's episode so was gone. there, as well as my separate clips, all gone. So we'll have the majority, hopefully. <laughs> we'll have a, a select uh, select appearances. What, what we can get. Uh, but that'll be on all one place, so you don't have to scour the internet to try and find... Uh, your favorite clips and uh, but we will we'll try yeah. to include uh, the TV yeah. special stuff too, which is fun too, and that that'd be tough to track down. So yeah, you, you were just mentioning that as we were going live, that it was like yeah, I don't think I've I think I saw it when it aired, and, and that's it, and that's it. Right. And, you know, I worked on that in the early stages of that. But to have like, yeah, to go through and see that final project, I'm excited. I might have to become our own patron to see see this. Yeah. But also at that tier, you'll get an autographed uh, postcard, a one time reward just for uh, showing your support. And, uh, you know, again, give us give us some time to figure out the, the details on 
we're, we're learning Patreon, so obviously addresses and stuff like that we'll have to get uh, to be able to mail that to you where uh, you get our, our signatures on a fun little Mind Over Magic postcard. Absolutely. So and I, I like, you know, there are three tiers. That middle tier, that $5 tier, is, is very likely, in my opinion, possibly could be like the most popular one. And I just want to point out that you, you named the most popular tier after yourself. Uh, I mean, it's a segment from our show, Matt. That is. <laughs> <laughs> and one of the more popular segments. So you, not only did there you name you the tier after yourself, you also named a segment after yourself. Absolutely. And then... <laughs> And then we've got our uh, our other our, our um, third tier is the living life for the cast tier. That's uh, if you want to do twenty dollars a month, that'll give you a producer credit, and we'll list you on our website and uh, give you a thank you at the end of each episode. Plus, uh, me and Matt will give you a personalized thank you video when you sign up, and uh, the opportunity to call in to our little Zoom meetings that we do every week. Uh, uh, you get a chance to call in and ask a question on the show at some point. So. We'll arrange that and all the details, plus everything else from all the previous tiers. And we might add other tiers later on. Again, we're figuring this out. It's, uh, yeah, it's gonna this be, is preliminary. Yeah, trial by fire, I guess. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, we are trying to put together a merch store down the line that is future plans. So we have some ideas for that already. But if you also have ideas or comments or suggestions about merch or even just the Patreon in general, uh, shoot us an email at mindovermagicpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. 100 episodes. It's party time, brother. Yeah. So what's, what's popping? Let's uh, let's get away from the uh, the uh, the blatant plug part, but I am excited for this. This is going to be really fun to connect more with fans. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. But um, I lost my show notes. Where are they? <laughs> I was reading the Patreon stuff. Okay, you're there. Um, so... Um, I, there's a lot been going on with me, uh, this week. I've been at Speakeasy quite a bit and, um, it's really, I'm just having a blast doing that show. We had some guests in the audience. Um, Kaylin and Ginger came to see the show oh, and I got to perform fun. for them, uh, who are, if you don't know, fantastic, uh, magicians in their own right. And I've been on the illusionist tours and all world's greatest magic, all everything you could possibly think of. And there, it was fun to just uh, briefly chat with them. I wish I had more time discussing them, but um, there was another show we did uh, early in the week where it was fascinating. Cause um, that's a good example of magicians being audience members. And I think mm -hmm. there's a tier that you get to when you're a performer yourself, you know how to be a good audience member. I do. Yeah. I, I, yeah. If you're on the other side of it, you understand what the performer's going through, and you want to be the best audience member you could be, laugh at the right time, be amazed by things, not disrupt the enjoyment of other people. Yeah, um, I do it pretty much no matter what, but especially if it's like if I'm, you know, being gifted like a comp ticket or something, I'm the first person standing up at the end. Yeah, you know, yeah, I, yeah. I actually enjoy being uh, on the other side of, of it. So the, the other part to this, the flip side of this, and why I'm prefacing how great Kaylin and Ginger were as audience members is because sometimes there's magicians that come to the show and they are not great audience members. And uh, they'll do things like watch the show with their arms crossed or whisper in their, their friend's ear how they think that's done or showing that they, they know how it's done or could do that better or whatever. Or worst case scenario, performing magic themselves at someone else's show. 
Have you experienced this with any magicians coming to your shows, performing in the lobby or in the seats or during um, the show? Or? Yeah, probably, but I don't. Right. I don't engage with it because I'm not. You know, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have. I wouldn't personally see it. Right. So honestly, the only times I can recall it happening, it's been like really adorable, and it was like I'll hear from the ushers that there was a, a little kid performing magic tricks, which is like adorable because they'll be like dressed like a magician and they'll have like a little like a a box like a special you know their their (laughs) tote of magic supplies and you know i don't i I, even though i didn't see it take place i still imagine in my mind that it was probably pretty adorable right and i think yeah that's a certain age where they don't know better but i'm talking about at the age where people should know better if you're going to someone else's show right well with a little kid it's different right they, 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 there is no knowing better because they're doing exactly what they're supposed to be doing as a little kid that's an aspiring magician. Um, mm-hmm. Now, the other part of it I can relate to, seeing magicians in the audience that, you know, I can tell they're magicians just by, just by the behavior sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's so fascinating. So uh, a friend of mine from Speakeasy, one of the performers that I see every week there, uh, he went on a big... Facebook rant, basically calling out, not by name, but this behavior that really bothered him. And he had several Facebook posts about it. But what's fascinating by me, or to me, was how many magicians underneath in the comments were, like, defending this bad behavior. And they were saying, like, oh, you don't know what this guy's going through. It seems like he has, like, egotistical problems where he has to show that he's better than, you know, the performer and trying to get it in. Or, or oh, this has been going on for years and years. And you just kind of let it go. It's like just not calling it out, <laughs> like letting it go is, like, not an excuse to, you know, let the be okay with this behavior just because it's been happening for years and years. And that's, like, a stereotype with a lot of magicians of doing that. Do you know what I mean? Like, the Facebook rant was arguing what side now? The against this behavior of performing. Okay, at yeah. Else's so what's wrong? Okay. But they, yeah, but then, then it turned at the end. I, I was surprised confused. at how many comments underneath were other oh, the magicians. Comments. Okay. defending this behavior because like oh this is just something that happens it's like just because it's something that happens doesn't mean that it's okay and that you shouldn't call it out right yeah it's weird it's a weird thing of where to draw the line now it's not even just i mean in vegas i see all kinds of behavior so like Hmm. magician behavior is far from the worst (laughs) and and i and i should mention too we're not speaking generally here i i have tons hundreds if not more magicians come to the show uh, on a regular basis that are very, you know, perfect audience sure. members, yeah, yeah. model audience mm-hmm. members. Mm-hmm. Um, now, having said that, though, you know, Vegas um, attendees to any performance, uh, it's weird. To, where do you draw the line on what they want their beha- what you want that behavior to be? Because they they pay the admission to be there, right? Yeah. So I guess when it starts becoming a disturbance to other people around them, that's kind of where you draw the line, where it's like ruining the experience for others around you. Um, now, I find that for the most part, though, people aren't the etiquette isn't the same in theatrical environment, even in, even I should say, even in theatrical environments. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know your experience in New York, but like there was a time when people went to the theater, they dressed a certain way, which is fine. I, you know, yeah. 
Yeah. I, I like being casual myself. Oh. But they dressed up. They, But also they sat and watched the show. There wasn't this sort of um, fiddling and moving around and like crinkling this and touching that. It was, it was a little bit more formal. Yeah. Well, people used to dress up to go on airplanes at one point too. I mean like right. well, times change. It's change, less about the clothes. But- but yeah, to to go and make this as an event. Uh, uh, the other thing too, I'm seeing, and, I, and I'll let you finish that thought in just a second. But just like people are going for experiences to put it on social media now too. So oh I think right, there's like right. A, there's this a whole idea. Even uh, the last night when I was performing, I had to tell someone to stop filming while I was performing at a table doing close up because I was like, oh. just sit and enjoy the show and watch it. It's gonna be. Oh, a better I do that. Experience. I do that all the time. Yeah, I do, I do that at least a couple times a week. <laughs> but like when you're going to like if we're equating this to like a broadway performance obviously their ushers are really good and i've seen it happen in your vegas show too of like people don't film the show you know mm-hmm. just enjoy the idea should be sit and enjoy and have this live experience that you're having now i mean i said i yeah. do it a couple times a week david copperfield does it nightly right i mean he has like a segment of the show yeah. where he puts up a an image of a cell phone with like a no smoking mm-hmm. sign across it and says like, yeah. Hey, don't, don't film this. Well, he's got a box. <laughs> you put your phone in. I mean, right. we talked about the comedy clubs that, you know, take your phone from you and put it in a little plastic bag. That's, right. You know, very obvious if you rip it open to use your phone. Uh, I like the Broadway technique of they have the signs and they just say like, put your phones away and then just shove it in someone's face. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Cause they don't want to disturb the show by saying something. So they just have the signs to, to, to let them know but like yeah i was just like i so there, i think there's a video out there that'll probably end up on instagram of me going like do you mind <laughs> it's just a video of me saying like, <laughs> can you please stop filming the show <laughs> but that that that's not specific to magic behavior i think the thing that's just like so crazy is that the idea of like i'm at someone else's show but now i have to show that i am also a performer and now I have to take away the spotlight by sh- performing myself. Like, I don't understand that mentality of well, I got to show it performing like after the performance or during the performance. I'm confused about that part. That, that was the part I didn't understand. In too. between sets. So like, well, the speakeasy magicians rotate from table to table. So in and they're seated at magicians, a table. They're at a table with other people. And they want to show their magic tricks when they're at a show with. The people paid money to see these performers perform, and they didn't pay Joe Schmo sitting at the table to perform. You know, <laughs> I don't know. No, yeah, no, that's it's, totally that's that's definitely so I would say that's against the etiquette. Against the etiquette, it's absolutely. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't. It's funny because I don't even know who we're talking about, so I could be insulting a close friend of mine i don't know but i don't think i don't think a close friend of mine would do that no well it's like going to a comedy show you're not gonna just like get up with your own microphone while someone else is performing right or i don't know you're not gonna do your own acting in a broadway show while so watching this a show before you performed Oh, it didn't happen to me. So I was I didn't happen to hit this table, so I was fine. <laughs> but, oh, see now you sounded so mm-hmm. irked by this. I I'm actually irked started by the idea. I'm yeah, I'm irked by the whole idea of it. Well, here's the thing. I actually started to think this was a personal thing where like you maybe felt like you got one upped by this performer. Oh, no, no, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> like like you you couldn't even you know, you, you just couldn't even perform right because this person just blew away the table and then you had to come in, you know, and 
follow it. But the point but that's is, that's not what happened. I don't even care the quality of the trick if it was a good trick or a bad trick. But just the audacity Principle. to even say like this is my t turn to show the spotlight on me rather than the actual show that people are there to see. Like that all the world's a stage. <laughs> don't encourage these. You're sounding like these comments where people are encouraging this terrible behavior. <laughs> so the comments were comfortable with the people performing at the show. No, they were just like, who are you to call this person out? Are you the police? Are you the etiquette police? It's like, yeah, I feel like if people get casual about that stuff, like if, how are they going to learn elsewhere if, if this lesson – I mean, it's one of the reasons we're talking about it here. Maybe there's someone who didn't know that's not the right thing to do, like m listen to this, and now they know, oh, that's not appropriate in this you know, time and behavior to do so. I don't know. I like that we're giving people the unwritten rules that they might not already have, but it is a little bit of a gray area because how would you, what about the magic castle? It's totally acceptable if you're not on the bill to start performing at any given time at the magic castle in a, it, well, Except that, during a performance. I was going to say, but that, I, I know there's rules for members. you got to ask permission for a, a little one of those non-venue areas where performers perform to be able to perform there. And you're not are there are rules with that? I think members have the opportunity to like rent out that hat and hair pub down in the basement or like the little performance alcove to be like, I'm going to do a little show. But oh, I thought just, that was totally impromptu. I think some can be, and I think they can impromptu ask like a manager if it's cool for me to do that. Uh, I'm not a member, so I don't know the exact rules. But the point is they're not doing it in the closed venues of the parlor, the palace, the close-up room, where another performer is performing. That is very true. Yeah, you would <laughs> never see that happen. Yeah, yeah. That's, okay. that's, I think, the, the delineation there. Wow. <laughs> well... I think it's I already, just bad form. I think it's just very bad form. And I was just shocked that, that so many people were like, well, this is nothing you can do about it. This, this is how it is. And again, I see a clear delineation mark between pros who never act this way that are like performers that are on stage all the time to just people who maybe not as seasoned and they have to show some sort of self-worth. Self Maybe by by proving that they oh I could do that too that mentality I don't know I don't I don't like it. Well, maybe that we could have a little sympathy if the person was like on the younger side. Yeah, I agree. When they don't know the rules or, or the customs or the etiquette, yeah, I I can say it's forgivable. But you know, a nice there's nice polite ways in the moment if you're seeing that happen, just a touch on the shoulder like hey, not now, you know, and hopefully they get the message. But if they're continuing after that, I don't know. Like if someone right. had their cell phone out during your show and the usher's like, don't do that. And then they still do that. Oh, boy, are they getting kicked out, right? <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. So I don't know. That's uh, that's one of the rants I wanted to go on. <laughs> Does that, that implies there's another rant. Yeah. Do you want me to do the other rant now? Do you want to um, I think I do. Yeah. Okay. I mean, what is it? Give me the topic before I approve if I want the rant now or later. I don't know even know why this is a rant, but it bugs me. Do you know the term EDC? Obviously. Yeah. For some reason, oh, for our listeners, what does it stand for? Uh, maybe my EDC is different than your EDC. <laughs> okay. but, in the I magic mean, world. In the magic world. But what Oh, absolutely not. Oh, I'm so happy that I didn't know <laughs> that that was a magic phrase and that I immediately <laughs> thought it was Electric Daisy Carnival. And I feel, you know, much cooler for knowing that. Okay, so EDC. Well, that's a big deal in Vegas. Yeah. It was just here. Oh, right, right, right. And everyone's all yeah. I think I was there at the same time once with it. Just everyone's wearing mesh and neon and 
it's like yeah no close yeah it's like it's like a rave <laughs> you're just going to this rave out in the desert um yeah that's not the edc i'm talking about let, let me tell you i've never been to edc <laughs> i i don't think i could belong there i don't think it's the place for me personally i'm sure mm-hmm. it's a fun time um i may have aged out of it whatever i don't know um but i'd much i think i'd rather be a go to that edc than have association for whatever you're about to rant about. <laughs> I really do, but let's hear it. I don't know why I'm in this ranty mood for 100 episodes. I'm usually Why so not? <laughs> Bring it on. We've been nice for too long. <laughs> yeah, 100 episodes. We're calling it. No more Mr. <laughs> nice Guy. <laughs> um, EDC, EDC is a term that's, uh, you know, on some magic websites, that, you know, dealers or whatever. There's lots of Facebook groups talking about this. It stands for everyday carry have you ever heard of this in magic no i get it i mean it's like oh the, okay it's in the advertisement of like oh yeah. this new trick is so cool that you're gonna want to carry it on you all the time yeah i think i just hate the concept of an everyday carry and i hate this this term edc right so it's like what's your edc when and people are showing what they have in their pockets when they go out and, and again maybe it ties into these people who perform at other people's magic shows <laughs> because they have their edc on them ready to go at any moment right. to perform, right? Why, how are you seeing this? I'm pretty piped into the magic <laughs> stuff. How, how are you seeing this? And I'm not. I'm invited to Facebook groups a lot. Man. Oh, I don't do the Facebook <laughs> stuff, I guess. Yeah. Okay. So I don't know why it bothers me, but I think I just, I'm not a person who's like, I got to carry certain things with me all the time to be perform on a whim. And I think that's another mentality for those who can do it. I, I mean, great. Good for you who would just want to have something. So in a spur of a moment, if you're out in a social situation, you can perform. And I know there's uh, even mentors of ours that like to do that. And just to have their, their thinking behind it is like, if I'm a magician, I want to be able to have magical moments at any moment when I'm interacting with people because that's what I'm embodying the whole thing. But maybe as a stage performer myself, I perform in the environment that's comfortable for me and it's on stage and I don't like to necessarily be expected to perform when I'm not working, you know, a show. Yeah, I, you and I shared that in common um, very much so when we first met. Mm-hmm. Now, since then, I've, I've, I've started enjoying being able to perform and, you know... Basically, if I have something I want to work on, I enjoy being able to do it in circumstances that are not um, n- expected to be performing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, for the most part, I, I would find it off-putting if like someone, you say you had a friend that was a singer and they just chose to like be singing all the time at inopportune moments when you're waiting in line and when yeah. you're <laughs> yeah, at yeah, the yeah, grocery yeah. store and like at a coffee shop and like they're just like, they're not booked to be performing at the coffee shop yet. They just start singing. Mm-hmm. Um, like I think most of us would get annoyed with that pretty quickly. Um, and I feel the same like about magic at times, but you know, I've gone back on that because I've gone back to carrying cards on me and trying things out for, you know, my team backstage and like being, you know, it's my, how else could I work on the stuff? Right. Right. Uh, I, I think, I think there's also a difference between if you are inclined from your own motivation to want to show someone versus it being requested of you. 
So mm-hmm. if someone's mm-hmm. like, hey, Matt, and you're just, you know, minding your business at a restaurant, can you show me a trick? It's like, no, that I don't feel like I want to be performing at this moment or so forth. But it's like if you wanted to be like, hey, let me show you something I've been working on, that feels more in your own control. And you're, you're, you've got the onus on yourself to do that. But yeah, I, but you got to be very careful mm-hmm. with that because mm-hmm. that goes back to the singing analogy. Yeah, and if you do <laughs> yeah. it too much, it kind of loses its speciality, right? It becomes too often, and the I think the less you are willing to, you know, just do it all the time. If you're, I mean, I, I there was a time in high school I was the magic guy, and I'd have cards on me, and I just would do stuff me too. when everyone, you know, asked. But that's because I was still learning and practicing, and needed that flight time. I think. But I also didn't want to just be known as, you know, the magic guy. <laughs> I wanted people to know me for other qualities about my personality and life. Well, <laughs> that's, a, not yeah, a that's single... a careful slippery yeah. slope there because you just said back then you were learning and needed the flight time. I would argue we still are learning and still need the flight time. Yeah, but now we know the situations when it's appropriate to do so. And I think so, yeah. I mean, when I started my Amazeball show, that was one of those opportunities that I was like, I need flight time on stage pieces in order to get that. I'm going to create my own opportunity. So I created my own environment where it was appropriate to try stuff out and not just to be like, let me do this, you know, and for people who may or may not want to see it all the time. Yeah, exactly. It's a careful line to tiptoe between like getting your practice in when you need it and being able to perform it at opportune moments. And then like that careful line of, but not crossing over to like, it really just feeling like, okay, this person needs to be the center of attention all the time. Yes, that's exactly. Yeah. If it's an ego thing, I feel like that's where things denigrate real fast right if it's like right. let me show how cool i am if that's the mentality you're going in all the time i think that's to be avoided yeah if you were doing it to be the magic guy right in school <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. right and I, I mean casually when we're hanging out we'll be like hey i'm working on this can i show you that and it's like we understand we have that relationship it's also not all we do all the time if <laughs> we no. only met well, up that's together the other reason just to we show became it yeah. friends yeah. that's the other reason we became friends is because we had the ability to to hang out and talk about things outside of magic exactly, exactly. right yeah right yeah so yeah so I, just, I don't know i don't know the answer to all this 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 term edc just bothers me because i think it applies oh i'm gonna load up my pockets with the things i'm gonna perform whenever i'm needed to whether people are asking for it or not right <laughs> um and i think also like if i'm pushed to perform and i feel comfortable doing it in a social setting uh i I think also I just want things to be natural from a prop perspective for me. Like I don't want to be carrying things like, hey, give me a piece of paper and a pen and I'll try something or I'll have my phone or something just organic to the situation that I never think about what my everyday carry is in my pocket to have as a backup, you know? Right. Yeah, I agree. (laughs) Good. We settled it. (laughs) Yeah. No, the truth is, you know, if if you're in a situation – uh, the, the the one who can do the most with the least is the best, right? So be able to, you know, do things with everyday objects if you really, really want to. If you feel inclined in a pinch, be ready to go um, at the drop of a hat. But don't expect that you need to be. Yeah. I think there's power, too, when you're in those situations where you can say no, you know? And right. There, like, there was a time when I would only say no for, for years. Yeah. Um, where I wouldn't do any magic at all unless I was working. But then I, that's, that changed when I really fell back in love with close-up magic. Yeah. 
and I'm doing a lot more close-up with speakeasy, so I like trying out things. But mm-hmm. who's who's got the story? It's some legendary magician where they're like they would always say no always say no because they were always gauging their environment and maybe the angles weren't right here but when they found the situation to be perfect this could be like a Juan Tamariz thing I'm not sure but like to just to be like yes I will show you this because they've assessed every possible thing so that when they knew even though it seemed impromptu and casual they actually knew they were in the right exact environment for this to have the most powerful impact it could have that doesn't ring a bell, that story. Yeah. It's one Is of those that... aphorisms or stories or anecdotes I heard along the way and it just stayed for me, but I forget who it was attributed to. Gotcha. Yeah, no, it doesn't ring a bell for me, but listen, I honestly don't have an EDC. The whole point <laughs> Yeah, yeah. The whole point of like doing stuff like that for me is like to work on something new, so my EDC would be different from one day to the next cuz it's like, yeah, let me try this. Exactly. Yeah. So you're not going with your go to's like I'm always going to bring, you know, my coin, my half dollars with me. (laughs) Why can't we call it a go to? That's what I call it. What's your go to? This is the term that the magic community has decided that we haven't talked about. If you have an everyday carry at the Electric Daisy Carnival, then you have your EDC, EDC. (laughs) You know, magicians were there with their EDCs. They were at EDC with their EDCs. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's true. I'm sure there were. Yeah, but hey, what are you also, gonna do? Also, it must be tough when you're at a rave and you don't have clothes for pockets to carry your EDC. Fanny packs. <laughs> fanny packs. Fanny packs are a big thing at the EDC. <laughs> That's what I'm gonna think now. When everyone talks about in the magic community what their EDC is, I'm gonna just assume they're putting it in a fanny pack and they're not gonna wear anything else. <laughs> You should start replying to all the comments that say EDC, but as if you think it's Electric Daisy Carnival, <laughs> and just totally reply to every single comment as if that's yeah. what they're referring to. <laughs> maybe, maybe I will. That would be hilarious. <laughs> Screenshot it, put it up on the Patreon. <laughs> we got it. We got it. Uh, but let's shift gears, Matt. I think it's time for riddles. Are you ready for Diddle Me This? I am. Diddle Me This. Diddle me that will Eric end up stumping Matt Riddles. Okay, I'm going to be honest with this one. Uh, This does have an answer, but there are other answers I will accept to this riddle. Because it's going for one specific thing, but if you think about the meaning of it, there's multiple answers. So I will accept more than one. But I think knowing me, you might know which answer I prefer. So here's the riddle. When you buy me, I'm a square. When you open me, I'm a circle. When you eat me, I'm a triangle. What am I? Okay. Give you a little time to think. I'll repeat it one more time for our listeners. Now, let me me try it. Let me try to repeat the idea. Oh, yeah, sure, sure, sure. When you buy me, I'm a square. When you open me, I'm a circle. When you eat me, I'm a triangle. Yes. Nailed it. I think I got it. You think you got it. Okay. Right away. I think I may have given you a clue saying knowing me. Oh, interesting. Um, <laughs> I think this might be like a bag of chips of sorts. Oh, hmm. So Explain like, your reasoning. Okay. So like a, or a Dorito bag, for example, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Tostitos, perhaps. Um, I have a fun fact about Tostitos, by the way. Oh. I, it ties yeah. into branding and marketing. Oh, I think I know it. It's the hidden. Do you know it? 
Yeah, I love logos. Okay. So we'll we'll t- we'll get to that after. <laughs> Put a pin in Tostitos. We can wait till 101. <laughs> we can wait till episode 101. It's not that important. Oh no, no, no. We're we're tackling Tostitos. <laughs> um well anyway, yeah, on the shelf it appears to be like a square bag. I mean, maybe a rectangle, but it's square-ish in shape. Um and then when you open it, your bird's eye perspective, you see a circle. The bag <laughs> creates a circle. And then when you eat it, you reach inside, you take out the actual chip. It's a triangle. So that is the answer. Ring the bell. Um, I wouldn't call that a square at all when you're looking at it on the shelf. It's definitely a rectangle if you're only looking at a 2D perspective, but those bags are rarely well, perfectly this is what aligned. They call a pers- yeah, I don't know if you know. This is what's called a perspective riddle. So, like, <laughs> it looks like a square from this angle. Then when you open it, bird's eye view, you see the circle. Then when you're eating it, you feel the triangle on the tongue. So that's what's called a perspective riddle for people who don't know. I like the creativity, but I'm going to give you a. (laughs) Also, when I look at a Pringles bag or or not a Pringles bag, because those are tubes, but uh, like a Dorito bag, um, I see like a pillow. I don't see a rectangle at all. Well, pillows are also inherently square from certain (laughs) angles. So I agree about the pillow thing, which actually enhances my argument. (laughs) But they're definitely rectangles, not squares. These are squares. Yeah, yeah, but rectangles are like square-ish, if you will, right? Well, a square is a rectangle, but a rectangle isn't a square. Exactly. But this is a square, so it's more specific. But they're tangentially related. (laughs) So it's a perspective riddle. I mean, a lot of people aren't familiar with those. I'm saying this is a no. What else you got? What else? What could this be? Okay. Um, That's not even one of the answers I would accept. (laughs) Uh, When you look at me, I'm a square. When you buy me, I'm a square. Oh, when you buy me, I'm a square. Mm -hmm. When you open me, I'm a circle. Mm -hmm. And when you eat me, I'm a triangle. Yeah. What am I? So I immediately went to like, what do you eat that's a triangle? Yeah. And that's why I thought chip. Sure. What else can be triangle? shape what else could be a triangle shape that you might eat and i will say to be fair because it's a little misleading on the the riddle it's triangle ish oh see that's why i was talking about square ish yeah but square ish is i mean this is clearly specific square triangle ish like, it's mostly know, triangle so when you open me i'm a circle mm-hmm. um i think it's a ticket you're going to eat a ticket? No, but you got to see, it's one of those riddles where you have to use your imagination. So like you buy a ticket to a show, right? Uh-huh. And then you go in and it's like theater in the round. So it's like you're in the circle when you open the door to go in. And then when you eat it, it's a triangle. I haven't figured out how that part ties in as much yet, but like eat doesn't necessarily mean put in your mouth. Eat could mean like eat it, like, like you eat the cost of something, like you pay for it, right? So when you eat it, it's a triangle because maybe you paid for it in three installments. So it's like triangle-ish, right? Okay, I'm still laughing at the fact that you think most tickets are a square. <laughs> They're also clearly well, rectangles. Square-ish. <laughs> Just like the, the pillows and the bags of chips. So there are, there, you were right. There are multiple answers to this. But um, was that not the other one you were looking for? Okay. <laughs> 
This is something you can actually eat. And oh, 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 you didn't mention that. And no, I'm just that. giving you hints at this point because this whole, <laughs> this whole episode 100 is just going to be Matt coming up with different justifications for this riddle. Um, uh, but uh, I say it's it's still mostly triangle-ish. It's definitely a circle most of the time. And then um, it is it is a square when you buy it. I will give you a hint. Hint okay. is knowing me. What what foods do I like, Matt? All right. So I had this for dinner last <laughs> night. I had this for dinner last night. It's a pizza. It is a pizza. <laughs> So it comes in a square box usually. It's mm-hmm. when you open it, it's a circle. Unless unless some weird wonkiness like in the delivery, it could be an oval if it got right. smushed, right? And right. then when you pull out a slice, it's a triangle, except for the little curve. It's really a segment of a circle, but it's mostly a triangle shape. Um, I'll give it that. But uh it could be any sliced circular object. It could be a cake, it could be a right. pie. Uh, so there's multiple answers for that, but my favorite and what I'm no- most known for from my uh, my college uh, pizza party days is a pizza. <laughs> there you go. Absolutely. Let's jump over to, oh, do we want to talk, talk about Tostitos? <laughs> uh, if you want to explain, I mean, it is kind of unique. Most people don't even know it exists. Yeah, there's a lot of great design in logos, and FedEx is another example people go to all the time where in the negative space – there's a um, arrow facing one way, the, made with the the X and the E, I guess. Uh, mm-hmm. um, there, but there's also uh, are you aware of the Toblerone has a bear in it? There's a mountain, no. and in the negative space, there's a bear. No, but Tostitos, in the word Tostitos, if you look at it another way, it's got two people holding hands around what like a little chip tip. Yeah, I think they're eating chips. They're eating chips. Yeah. So it's like a little cool. clever marketing. I love all those hidden things. I just constantly look at designs of different logos in my spare time because I'm cool. So uh, let's get <laughs> over <laughs> to a trivia. Magic Matt picks boy. up the question, then he stares at it. Eric's at the ready <laughs> time I'm to cool. use his wit. Pressure, pressure, pressure. Trivia, pressure, trivia. Which magician in 1982 became the first non-North American recipient recipient of the coveted Magician of the Year Award from the Magic Castle since its inception in 1968? Wow. I am going to get this wrong. (laughs) Um, I don't know my magic history that well. Uh, well, this is only 1982, so it's not too crazy. Magic Castle Magician of the Year. First time it wasn't a North American recipient. Say that again? Is that correct? It's first time it was not a North American recipient? What did you that say? is correct. Of the Magician of the Year Award by the Academy mm. of Magical Arts. So it's any other continent. Are there any penguin magicians from Antarctica? <laughs> I have choices. Be? <laughs> okay, let me hear the choices. Already? Yes, I have no clue. I couldn't even make a guess. 1980. Okay. This is before I was born. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, all right. Let's hear them. Wait. Because if there's any choices that are North American, I'm just going to be able to eliminate those immediately. Right. Okay, let's hear the choices. 
Now, I will also point out 1982 was the same year that Lance Burton went to Lausanne, Switzerland, and became the first American ever to bring home the gold for his FISM Act. Wow. And Fun I'm fact. excited to go to FISM this year to check that out. In, in North America, the first time it's been in North America, I believe. I'm jealous. Yes. Um, so, so it's not Lance Burton because he's definitely American. So he's not a choice. North American. Okay. Choice number one is Ricciardi Jr., Oh, okay. I've heard of him. Princess Tanko. Okay. Also have heard of her. Paul Daniels. Paul Daniels. Okay. Yes. The British magician. Louis Int- DeMatos. Louis DeMatos. Okay. Yeah. I've heard of him as well. So I know all of these names. So that's good. I believe is he Portugal, Spain, Spain, Portugal, Portugal. Okay. Um, Hmm. I don't think it's Luis de Matos. Paul Daniels makes sense to me. Mm, Ricciardi, I mean, he's very well regarded. Where's Ricciardi from? Mm. I couldn't answer that. But um, my gut is saying Paul Daniels. Final answer? Yes. Talk to me about your reasoning now that you've locked in. I'm curious why you eliminated Louis Tomatos because I would have thought that would have been a contender. Was it his age? He would have been too young? Yeah, because I put him as like a contemporary to Copperfield, and Copperfield was just gaining steam like late mm. 80s, early 90s, and okay. to what he is. Um, to what he is. But Paul Daniels, I know, was very w- famous and well, well renowned in the UK. Is that correct, Matt? That is correct. Wow. <laughs> talk it out. Like, talking it out. Amazing. Daniels was a mainstay of Saturday Night TV in the UK for 15 years, his magic show attracting millions of viewers. And although he wasn't widely known outside the UK, he was hugely admired by fellow magicians. He became the first magician ever to receive every award bestowed by the Magic Circle and is credited by many younger magicians as having had a huge influence on them. Daniels died in 2016. That's great. Yeah. I still watch clips of his and they still baffle me. Some of, and especially some of the mentalism stuff too. I'm like, what is happening there? He's he terrific. So great. So great. I'm not sure I would have known that answer either. I think maybe I could have worked it out the way you did, but yeah, the maybe. choices were helpful. Yeah. I wouldn't have known it offhand. Uh, what's going on in Vegas with you, Matt? What's happening? I, I, uh, well, I achieved, Half of the goal. Okay, I don't even remember what your goal was. Part one of the Carlin documentary. Oh, yes. What are your thoughts? Oh, man, I'm loving it. I can't wait to watch mm-hmm. part two. Yeah, it's so interesting. I Every time they show a clip of him just speaking, I'm like, why is he that smart? How does he, how does his brain do that? He's uh, such a wordsmith and uh, inspiring to watch. And, uh, yeah, I love part one so far. Obviously, there's, like, some heart-wrenching parts, too, with the the – relationship issues and the the you know the domestic issues and so on but um Mm -hmm. so far it looks like they're pulling through so yeah uh i did finish part two so i won't say too much to spoil it but there are some some takeaways i did take without being specific about um because again i want you to see it uh but i'm just fascinated by carlin and the way that you can like come back and you had different phases and it's like this lesson you can have is like it's never too late to reinvent yourself 
And he did that multiple times throughout his career from, you know, the hippy dippy weatherman coming from that kind of more straight laced two person comedy duo. And then later on when he got more political and then um, those who know at the end of his life, he got real like negative and nihilistic about and cynic about the world. Uh, so, I mean, there's different phases like he almost had like when you think of him in terms of the art world like Picasso and the blue period and like these different you know elements of a of a real artist you can find different ways to move the art along and to find different aspects whether you agree with some of those phases or not or they resonate with you or not um, I liked how he just evolved and you know engaged with the world around him and did make changes and saw what was happening and and I don't <laughs> Again, I don't want to just go on rants all day today, but like I feel like we need more of that in the magic world of seeing what's happening with the world around us and willing to make those changes and not just doing things because of the tradition that has happened before it, but to see where are we headed, where we're going. And you see that a lot when, you know, some of the old timers are so anti this new YouTube and social media, which is where a lot of the world is headed, you know, and we see people like yourself and other people um, embracing social media and doing magic there. Uh, but also it's faceted, right? So you can do that stuff, but also still do the stage stuff and other ways where magic is more traditional. But I just never get this mentality of like, it's gotta be done this way where people are always trailblazing new paths to find new ways to create their art, right? Yeah, we, I think we always need more of it in magic. And then I pose this question to you. Have you ever, or when's the last time, or how often do you reinvent yourself? Well, I'm working on things. I'm trying to find things. Like, I mean, we, we all had to reinvent ourselves when the pandemic hit, and we have it recorded on our past 100 episodes of how the how we've changed and you know adapting to virtual shows and figuring out a whole new show mm -hmm. uh i'm always constantly trying to come up with new pieces do they make it all into my show no sometimes the standbys are there because they are you know the most tried and true but uh that ties into the other thing that i take away from the document uh documentary but also from just artist talk in general i've always heard this phrase especially when it comes to improv is um run towards the thing that scares you and uh, mm -hmm. I think finding those things where you're uncomfortable, great art can come from it because you are in a place where you don't know. It's risky. You can take a chance. Uh, so I always try to do that, whether I'm successful or not doing that. Well, the results, we never know what they're going to be. And right. it's hard to know if it's happening while it's happening. But if you look mm -hmm. back, do you yes. see times? I mean, I, I, I don't mean to do it, but I look back and go, Oh yeah, that year I kind of that's that's when I made the shift and became the college guy, right? Yeah, the college yeah. performer. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's when I became the AGT guy. That's when I became the Vegas guy. Oh, five years into that, that's when I revamped that show. Like, mm -hmm. I don't mean to do it, but I feel like there are these sort of five-year chunks of sort of reinventing ourselves that I see not just with myself, but I feel like that's sort of like a general rule I see with a lot of performers. It seems like five years is like the timing of it a lot of times. Also, generally. You are you are reinventing magic nightly. That too. <laughs> that is your, that, is your that too. <laughs> but um, but no no. I it's it's one of those things that's harder to see the forest from the trees when you're in the thick of it. But like you're saying, when you pull out back on that perspective, you get a better idea of what these movements were. In I only see path. it looking back. I right. never see yeah. it in the moment. Yeah. yeah, it's impossible to. It's so hard. It's like, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. is this trailblazing thing going to work? I mean, even just like figuring out, you know, my speakeasy set is a whole shift from my me as a stage performer to being this close up kind of 
uh, intimate, you know, having this one-on-one connection with people and figuring out that show is it's it's, it's adding another, like I said, facet to my toolbox of things that mm-hmm. I can do. Um, and then you know, I'm working on a more theater show that's I I'm all always been hesitant working on it because it is very scary for me because it's tackling a whole different direction than I'm used to doing. So I've been dragging my feet on it, but I, I am slowly making progress on it. I, I hope again, I, I won't know until I look back, but, um, but it's just a whole different direction for me to do. So it is something that I'm using this Carlin documentary to encourage myself to be like, it is okay to take these risks to try and, go further in different directions and see what happens and it could be a huge you know bomb of failure but that's okay you you learn as you do things as well i think yeah yeah that yeah that's the thing i i think we should be worrying sometimes less about the result and and just focusing on the journey yeah exactly you know Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and there are times when the results need to happen i remember first getting into the the college thing and I needed, I, I literally needed to to succeed in terms of booking the shows because mm-hmm. I invested everything I had in, into trying to do that. So right. like if the results didn't come, uh, I was very much afraid of that. But at the same time, like, so I understand sometimes we are, I understand why we're hyper-focused on the results rather than the journey. You just can't let it overtake it completely, mm-hmm. right? You have to still care about the journey just as much. Absolutely. I think so. And I think that, I mean, it ties into the other um, thing we brought up last episode of this writing for emotional impact. I've I've been continuing to read. I haven't had a whole lot of time, but I did read a couple more chapters in it. But uh, when you're thinking about structure of movies or whatever, it is all about the journey. It's the hero's journey. A lot of the times how they get from point A from point B is more interesting than what the final outcome is and if the final outcome whether it's a happy ending or a sad tragedy ending it doesn't have the impact unless you are with that character all those steps of the way uh throughout the story (laughs) Uh, Mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. you're not connecting uh with people uh otherwise and that's that's the 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 book (laughs) i was uh one of the chapters i was reading this week is just like boredom is the enemy of entertainment (laughs) like as soon as you lose an audience member a reader or whatever and they zone out oh boy it's impossible to to get back so uh you know when they get taken out of that moment you got to do everything you can to keep them in that moment throughout and i think that's a fun lesson to keep in mind as we're thinking about the journey but know that there's gonna be ups and downs throughout right Yes. Yeah. 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 Did you get the I book? Mean, Did it come? Huh? Did the book come? I know you were ordering it. I ordered it. I haven't yeah. seen it come in yet. All right. So we'll talk about. I have lots of notes. I've been just taking notes. Maybe that's a thing we'll add on to uh, uh, Patreon to some of our notes that we take when we're doing these book reports or uh, you know. Show, uh, you write margin shows. notes, or what do you do? No, I just I usually have a, like a little doc that I, I like a little note. Uh, the notes app. I just make some notes that are interesting to me. So maybe we'll share some of those or even like I've been making notes more, especially for the podcast of like things to talk about when I see shows. So maybe I'll talk about some of the shows I see since we don't get a whole lot of time to cover all the in-depth thoughts that I have. on. Right. Some. Maybe I'll be more proactive about that and there'll be like a little bonus for Patreon posts. That'll be fun. Yeah. I did see a lot of shows. I just saw American Buffalo, uh, The Mammoth, which is in the round, so if you're thinking of a ticket as a square in the stage of the round. <laughs> <laughs> and then you eat the costs of it. And then it. you eat 
<laughs> and three in three payments. Uh-huh, it's an expensive uh-huh. show, I guess. I saw a show called The Minutes. Um, that's all about like everyday uh, city town council like government at the in the, the the town kind of reveals a secret about the past of the town, uh, which is very fascinating. Um, and I've seen a bunch of movies. I could talk about all the media I've consumed, Matt. But <laughs> well, look, you just saw Mrs. Doubtfire, so this is big because mm-hmm. I went to the uh, the previews of that in Seattle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Specifically, went to Seattle. Now there's previews of another show that I want to go see in St. Louis. Where, what is this show? And I, I don't know why I don't just go to New York and see them on Broadway. I like yeah. the previews. The previews come, are fun. Come visit me in New York. And you get to go York. to a random city, huh? Come to New York. Visit me in New York. Maybe I will when it comes, but okay. it's Karate Kid. There's a Karate Kid musical? There's a Karate Kid musical. Previews are this month in St. Louis. Wow. You going to meet me in St. Louis or what? <laughs> I think that's the only thing I know about St. Louis is that people meet there, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, uh, maybe, but uh, I mean, I can see why you would make the trip out to see Karate Kid. But uh, why not? I, I was thinking about you as I was reading this book and just how many movies are referenced in this writing. Oh, would I not even understand a lot uh, of the references? I mean, I think you could get the point without knowing the specifics. But at mm-hmm. one point, they do mention Karate Kid, so you'll be back on board. Hey, you know what's cool, though? I, I, you know what I love about that? Is it might actually make me want to see some of those movies that are referenced. Yes, exactly. To see I can't tell you The how many structure times... of it, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, just honestly, I read so many. I, I, a lot of times I'll read books based on because they're mentioned in other books. Yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah. I, I, so there'll be like a reference and it's like, oh, I'd be interested to know more about that. So like if you're reading something you're interested in and then it references something that you're interested, it makes you go, oh, maybe I'll enjoy that. So like it might actually inspire me to see some of these classic movies. Yeah, I hope so. Then we can have more movies to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> There's a uh, little bit of a shortage. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, I think that'll, that'll do it for today, but this was, I, I was happy with our hundredth episode, Matt. Yes. Well, yeah. I mean, that, that's a, a high praise from you. The guy who said in the beginning, we don't even know what we're doing. So yeah, <laughs> I'm happy if you're happy. Uh, let's jump over to our goals, Matt. So I, we kind of already talked about them. I was continuing working on methods and writing the stage piece. I, I didn't do as much as I wanted to because I was pretty busy putting together the Patreon and reading some of this emotional uh, uh, writing for emotional impact book, screenwriting book. So I did some of those. I finished the Carlin doc uh, and I'll read the book more. So I'm going to continue the book. I'm going to carry over my goals, Matt. Yeah, I'm <laughs> going to expand my goal to part two of the Carlin documentary. Okay, that's attainable, good. but not a guarantee that I'll get it done. So I like that. I am going to try and I'm pretty sure I can achieve that. Um, good, good, good. What else? What you're else? Gonna, Is you're going to email me, hmm? email me videos so we can put them up on the Patreon. Yeah, those links. So like, how are we going to do that? You got to let me know how we're doing that first and then I'll determine how to send and whatnot. Yeah, I, there, it, it, a lot of it's in the Patreon system itself where you can make posts and uh, different tiers get access to it. So uh, we'll, okay. we'll talk about that off All air. right, we'll talk about it off air. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> that's, uh, a, that's an easy one mm-hmm. for and the most part. Or anything, at least you can get it started. Anything creative you're working on? Yeah, Books, there are. Lo- I've been doing a lot, actually. Um, so 
Okay. I, I don't have hush, a specific hush. goal surrounding it though. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, yeah. I've just been, I've been jamming, I've been working, I've been reading, I've been, mm-hmm. uh, doing my move monkey thing. And, uh, I don't have like a specific goal to tie into it. So I'm just going to continue to let the process flow. Yeah. I think that's underrated too. Sometimes when I'm kind of a little lost creatively, I just pick up what's ever interesting me. And I kind of consider it as like, you're refilling the tank a little mm-hmm. bit. Like mm-hmm. you're just like, or a mixing bowl rather, right? Or like a cauldron, a witch's cauldron, if mm-hmm. you want to use that metaphor. If you're just placing things in to see what can then come together and right. uh, associate in different ways creatively. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, cool. So I've been doing a lot of that too. Amazing. Uh, what about plugs, Matt? Um, first of all, thank you everyone for listening. Yeah. Uh, if you Thank want you so to much. come out, our, our shows are on sale now in Las Vegas through uh, the, the Matt Franco Magic Reinvented Nightly Show, to be very clear what I'm referring to there. <laughs> I said our show. It could sound like we're doing something, yeah. which we could one day. Who knows? Yeah. Um, I'm talking about Magic Reinvented Nightly at the link. We're on sale now through the end of October. Uh, get your tickets at mattfranco.com or ticketmaster.com. Great. Yeah. Visit me at ericdillman.com. Uh, if you want to bring me, I'm doing a private party this weekend, uh, which is going to be fun. And uh, again, a different environment than I'm used to, but I'm excited to see that. So that'll be fun. Like a house party, uh, but uh, a lot of corporates and colleges. I'm doing a bunch of orientations coming up. So that'll be fun. And you can catch me at Speakeasy Magic every now and then. Uh, but, uh, you know, shoot me a message if you plan on going to the show to make sure I'm on the lineup or, or not. I, I usually don't know until sometimes the day of. Uh, but uh, and then also we got a plug. We mentioned at the top of the show, our Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash mind over magic podcast. Uh, and I'm sure we'll get a link on that, uh, not only in the show notes, eventually we'll get it uh, to our website. We haven't given him a shout out in a long time, but let's give it up for Alex, who's been uh, helping us with that website uh, and check it out. Mindovermagicpodcast.com. Thank you so much for doing that. And you can always email us at mindovermagicpodcast at gmail.com if you have thoughts, trivia, riddles, topics you want to discuss uh, we always love hearing from our listeners. And, of course, follow us on socials at MindMagicPod. Thanks for being here. We'll see you next time. Thank you so much. See you soon. Bye-bye. Over. 100 episodes, man. We did it. <laughs>